This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live once again, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, April 8th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who's selling baked goods on the side to keep busy in this quarantine situation, Jerem Jordan. I am not, uh, but your boy Taysom Hill uh, joined Chase Daniel uh, for Chase Chats, uh, NFL backup quarterback, who happened to be the quarterback for McKay Jacobson in high school, by the way, at South Lake Carroll in Texas. Taysom Hill says he's watching on that the Great British Bake Off and is now trying to bake himself. <laughs> so he can't, truly can do it all. Yes. Is anybody surprised about this at all? We shouldn't be. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. We should not be. Yeah. Speaking of isolation and having some more time, uh, if not baking, Jeremy, then what are you doing? Uh, reading more books. Uh, I have witnessed this in our office. By jumping the way. on a trampoline that we got because the other one in October lifted up and went over the fence and le- went in our front yard. What in the world? Yeah, just really windy. Um, or someone moved it. Anyway, yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, just hanging out in the backyard and having a good time. Last night, I re-downloaded the rosters, the updated football rosters for NCAA football 2014 and instructed my eight-year-old Jax for the first time on how to run audibles and Mm. hot routes. And he played with BYU. He wanted to play against Idaho, who is the worst rated team on the game. Okay. So that he could win his first experience. We got through like a quarter, and then it was time to go to bed. But it was fun. It was fun to to see him play with. Oh, he's like, hey, Zach Wilson, isn't that BYU's quarterback? I'm like, yes, this is the purpose of downloading rosters. And Tyson Williams was the running back. Thank you, Ed O'Bannon. Yeah. (laughs) We're working on that, right? We're working on it. We Uh, we are? I don't know. I I think the NCAA and EA Sports. Oh. Our complaints should help a little bit, right? No, they won't. That won't change anything. It's my optimism. Complaining doesn't help anything. It's my optimism showing through. Yeah, can you be an optimist with complaining? Maybe. You just call it something else. <laughs> no, it's Positive uh, criticism. Yeah, it's feedback. We're working hard for today's show lineup as well, including Micah Simon, a guy who has drastically improved his pro prospects with some impressive numbers. Mm. What stood out most to him in all of the drills he competed in and how they would again match up if he were to compete at the pro combine. Quarantining yourselves with your favorite or maybe not so favorite BYU sports personalities. We've divided some people into houses. There we go. You got to choose one. And how Yoli Childs ended up at BYU and the role his mom played and shaping the incredible person he is. Great stuff ahead, including today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Dan Gonwoku's self-pro day numbers are out, and they are impressive. He ran a 4-4-1-40, tied for second uh, among safeties in the 2020 NFL Combine. 4-2-5 shuttle run would have been fourth. 6-8-5 three-cone would have been third. 35-inch vertical would have been 12th. Uh, his broad jump would have tied for seventh, 125 inches, and 16 reps on the bench would have been tied for ninth. That is really impressive from your Northridge Knight, Diane Gunwell. Indeed. Uh, am I shocked? No, not at all, because I told you earlier this week he was going to run a 4-4. I didn't know it would be a 4-4-1, though. Wow. 4-4-1 is fast. 
about some BYU basketball jump shooting numbers from Synergy? The Cougars finish first in the NCAA jump shooting efficiency points per shot at 1.18. What does that all mean? It means when BYU shot the ball, typically it went in. This is not a surprise. We know BYU could shoot better than any team in the country. Jake Toulson individually finishes third in that category at 1.27 points for every shot he took. Jake the make, indeed. Data. NCAA Volleyball announces Gabby Garcia-Fernandez led the NCAA with 56 aces in 61 sets, which is just a stupid awesome number in 61 sets, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Not only did he lead in total, but not everyone plays the same amount of sets. So his uh, .918 aces per set, so almost 1%, is nearly .3 more than the next closest player, which is Mads Kuyensen of UCLA. Uh, This was the greatest serving season in BYU volleyball history. Most NCAA volleyball players don't have 56 aces in their career. That That is correct. He did what is correct for 200. He did it in half of a season. <laughs> he So his final ace of the year is in the Friday second match against Hawaii in the wow. fifth set to go up 13-11. And it's to pass Taylor Sander for the season, single season record. How many more matches were they going to play after that? They what? had they had uh, six more in the regular season, <laughs> plus two in the MPSF tournament, plus two in the NCAA tournament. So even if he holds average there. Potentially. I mean, he's... He would have had roughly 473. He's going to be close to like 100. That is wild. Yeah, pretty crazy. Good for Gobby. He he wouldn't have had 100. He's the National Player of the Year, folks. He would have had like maybe 80. National Player of the Year. Now, the ABCA in two weeks is going to announce... uh, Three weeks. National Player of the Year, National Coach of the Year. I expect Sean Olmstead and Gabby Garcia-Fernandez to win. They should. Incredible stuff. Off the block, uh, we'll announce some stuff. They should name them National Champions. Speaking of the 231-time national champion, BYU Cougarettes. Okay, maybe that's an exaggerated number. It's 19. They have hired new co-head coaches, Stacey Bills and Morgan St. Pierre, take over for the very, very talented group of BYU Cougarettes. These are the amazing wives of former BYU athletes. So Casey Bills, Craig Bills' brother who played uh, for BYU, uh, Stacey, and then Morgan St. Pierre, is married to Steve St. Pierre, the rugby head coach, who happens to be my old roommate. So there you go. Very excited for Morgan. We had Jody Maxfield, previous Cougarettes uh, instructor in here, to talk about who's going to replace her in the huge shoes that uh, we're going to need to be filled. It's Can not we call her the mastermind? Yes. It's not surprising that it takes two people to take over to for what she did. Yeah. Seriously. And they're awesome. Absolutely. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. It's really fun to see all of these pro day numbers come out for BYU football players. The most recent set of numbers we received were those from a Northridge Knight and former BYU Cougar, Diane Gawolaku, including a 4-4-1 in the 40. We know he's fast. I didn't know he was that fast. Yeah. And he's strong as well. He's got that durability. Jerem, with all of the numbers that we've seen lately, Tyson Williams, Micah Simon, J.J. and Wigway, Austin Lee, among others, Moroni Laulupututau, we're seeing all these numbers come out. They look really good. Which BYU draft-eligible player helped themselves the most with their individual pro day numbers? 
Tyson Williams is the answer. He was off the board, and then uh, here we are six months after an ACL tear, and it's like, well, this guy's kind of been injured, banged around three schools. Like, what can he do, right? Physically, he is a monster. 448 in the 40. Would have been tied for sixth. Tied for third in the bench. Tied for eighth in the shuttle run. Uh, he would have been first in the three cone. Tyson Williams helped himself a ton. If you're looking at his production, he was good when healthy, right? He was five yards of pop. Uh, he did it against quality competition in the first four games for BYU. Tyson Williams went from, I don't really know, to, oh, wow. He should get a look as a running back. Now, the question will be, how healthy can he stay, right? But I really like the opportunity that Tyson Williams gave himself in this process. I think he, he helped himself the most. And that's saying a lot because I think, I think other guys did as well, which we'll break down in a second. Yeah, a couple of guys that kind of went from totally unknown to getting some notoriety are the likes of J.J. and Wigway. And I think Micah Simon, who we're going to talk to today, did himself some huge favors, but I'm with you. Tyson Williams is the guy that, with these set of numbers, helped himself the most. He was a guy that was highly recruited coming out of high school, a top 10 running back, went to South Carolina, had some injuries that he dealt with there, came to BYU. North Carolina first. Another injury here at BYU. But once again, Tyson Williams is ready to play pro football, and – I mean, the three-cone drill and the 40 and the bench press alone, he's strong and he's fast. I think the question for Tyson is, can he stay healthy? That, that'll be what people that interview him want to talk about is tell us about say, your yeah, physical durability. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but Tyson Williams is the guy. Uh, I knew that Diane Gawoluku was going to have good numbers, and he and Austin Lee both got invited to postseason games. So it's not like they were these mysteries. We knew that they, they were good. They didn't get an invite to the combine, though. So that's, that's sort of the cut line of, like, are you a legit NFL draft pick in the first you know, four rounds or not? Yeah, my point being they probably had the most notoriety because they received the invitation. So we, we figured that Austin and Diane were going to do some good things. They have helped themselves. But, yeah, you're right. Tyson went from – Totally off the board to, wait a second, I remember that guy. Let's take a closer look at him. Number two on the list for me is Mike Simon. A 4-3-5 gets you a look. Just that number gets you a look. Top three at wide receiver in the 40 shuttle run and three cone. He's quick and fast. He had five total touchdowns this year. People think, oh, he had two receiving touchdowns. That's low. No, he had two rush as well, jet sweeps, and then he had a passing touchdown, the former High school quarterback. Don Gawiliku, 4-4-1, amazing top 10 at his position in all but the vertical, and he was 12th in that. That's pretty wild. Austin Lee, top 10 in all categories for safeties but the 40, which he was 12th. J.J. Nwigwe is interesting, too. He was totally off the radar to potentially get a shot um, at a minimum level um, with, with what would have been the fastest three-cone of any defensive lineman in the country, right, uh, based on who went to the combine. MLP was never really healthy this season, but his numbers were good, too. He was top six among uh, tight ends in 40 shuttle and three-cone plus a 35-inch vert. So maybe he gets a shot as well. I, I think these guys did well for themselves. I look at this talent that BYU has it, just physically. Obviously, football is more than just brute strength, speed, uh, and agility and whatnot. Uh, you have to have the skills uh, to perform well. And I, I just think, why is BYU 7-6 and six again? If BYU has a running back who's running a 4-4, uh, Leva Hifo ran a 4-4, Mike ran a 4-3, it's like, wait, what? Why, why did BYU go 7-6 and six again? <laughs> There's more to it, I understand. And bad teams can have a couple of these guys. But you stack up all the uh, NFL potential guys, and there's – there's some good numbers among these guys. I don't think BYU is going to have an NFL draft pick in a couple weeks because the draft is on. You can do that 
digitally, right? Which is exciting. And they will, and I hope that they lengthen it out <laughs> as long as possible. Make it three weeks, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do think BYU have several guys in camp. Yeah. It's not a terrible thing to be undrafted. Like, look at half the NFL's undrafted. BYU had a Super Bowl champ this year that was undrafted. BYU has a guy that everyone talks about a lot that's undrafted in Taysom Hill. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, you want to know how they go seven and six? Think about that list of guys we just went over. I think every single one of them missed at least a game in the season. That's crazy. Mm. If not more, Tyson Williams out. Austin Lee sat out the bowl game, which I think cost BYU's defense in the game. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's crazy how that happens. But, I mean, so it's not just injuries, but it's injuries to your primetime performers. It really hurts. And these are most of them. There's some other guys of note, right, that weren't seniors. Sure. Notably, Zach Wilson. Topic two, Defensa Central, a site that covers the Real Madrid basketball team. Yes, they have a basketball team. It's not just soccer. Is discussing replacements for former Utah State guard J.C. Carroll, who happens to be uh, an amazing player since 2011 on Real Madrid uh, in Europe. Also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Among them, Jimmer Fredette on the list to replace his Carrollness. Would this be a good move for his Jimmerness? It depends on what Jimmer wants because... When I, I watched what happened in Greece, and he was doing good things. He was, he was efficient in the minutes that he was given, but clearly his role was diminished compared to being the man for Shanghai and the Chinese Basketball Association. Does he want the following, the fanfare, where he received a nickname of the Lonely God? Like, does he want that? And I thought we were saying the Lonely Master on BYT. Sorry, the Lonely <laughs> Master. Lowercase g, right? Does he want that, where he scores almost 40 points a game and he's like this icon in one of the most populated countries in the entire world, or does he want another significant challenge? Um, because it, it, it all is going to come down to that. Jimmer's not going to get as many shots. He's going to play a better level of competition with a team like Real Madrid, which is one of the powerhouses. And it'd be fun to see him take on Barcelona and Brandon Davies and those yeah, that'd be fun. heated rivals. But there is some real context to Jimmer being the man in China where he's an all-star and he's arguably the best player in the league and he can shoot however much he wants. And it's a rebuilding project for Shanghai. And he got him back to the playoffs. Like, and now with the announcement of the Shanghai Temple, like, does, do, do the emotions take over? Does his family want him to go back there? I don't, I don't know. Like, it, it just depends on what he wants. Would it be a good fit? Yeah, I think both places are a good fit, but it comes down to what he wants. The significant challenge, something new, or does he want to go back to a place where he already has fanfare and he's already built a fan base? To me, it depends on what food you want to eat. So do you want Chinese? Do you want Greek? Do you want uh, you know, Spanish food? What? No, I'm, I'm kidding. J.C. Carroll's not a point guard. He's a shooting guard. So if Jimmer wants the ball in his hands and to be that guy, that's not a one-for-one replacement, in my opinion. Um, it's a little different. Granted, with Panathinaikos, Jimmer was more of the two as yeah, well. Yeah, he's transitioned more into so that role. It kind of depends. Real Madrid's legit. Like They were third in the EuroLeague standings this last year. Uh, won a ton of championships, right? Jimmer was playing and shooting less with Panathinaikos. If he's going to play in a better league, he's not going to get as many shots. No. He's not going to play as many minutes. But you're playing for something that matters. Winning the CBA doesn't matter, and he wasn't even doing that with his team, right? Um, I, I think he's in a better situation for, 
You're, you're in a place where maybe your family wants to live, right? Whitney and the kids were mostly stay in Denver. That was their choice, right? China, a little more remote than, say, I don't know, Europe. Post-coronavirus, uh, what's the world like? We don't know all the answers everywhere across the globe. That can be unique. Uh, the idea of Jimmer playing for Real Madrid would be really fun, though. I think it's cool. J.C. Carroll has made an unbelievable career out of, him, uh, out of himself with Real Madrid, which has been awesome. And it's, uh, that's one of the more notable non-NBA teams. This is a team that Luka Doncic played on, by the way, um, with J.C. Carroll, which is kind of a fun thought. Uh, so I, I think it would be good for Jimmer. Um, he's one of five potential replacements. This isn't like a report that he's going there. It's just an idea at this point. And we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with Jimmer. Rick Patino left Panathinaikos. There was some maybe comfort. Uh, having an American was probably a comfortable situation. Certainly. Uh, I, I'd wonder what all that would mean. But you've you got to know that if this was a reality, that Jimmer would be communicating with Brandon. What's it like to live in Spain? How's the league? And so on. I'm interested to see the financial numbers involved here as well. Because I know the owner of Panathinaikos had long sought after Jimmer Fredette. He wanted the Jimmer to be part of his team. So if he's being kind of put out there and uh, the numbers start rolling in, it'll be interesting to see the financial battle that may take place. But And I know there's somebody out there that's thinking, well, wouldn't the best scenario for Jimmer to make it back to the NBA be playing in stop, the league in stop. Spain against Barcelona? Ain't playing in the NBA it? anymore. Okay. He's in a good situation. He's in, in the, a great in a, situation. On a EuroLeague team. Absolutely. He's already, yes, he's in a great Dude, situation. Panathinaikos is one of the top, like, ten clubs it's outside the It's the best NBA. Greek yeah. league team. That, yeah. yeah, they're consistently top ten in sure. EuroLeague. Sure, So it's not that he's not already in a good situation, but, yeah, throw money into the mix and a new, I don't know, there's would, something about new scenery. Yeah, I would hope money is in the mix. That's the point of the job, <laughs> it's to make the money. More money? We'll see. All right, uh, friends. You sound off. Uh, by the way, we've got a, a question of the day that deals with the quarantine. Uh, we don't have time to go through all of it, but we've got six different groups featuring your favorite BYU personalities from sports, and we've thrown in a few of our own BYU TV personalities. You decide which house you want to live in, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll break them down coming up. It's, uh, it's kind of fun. <laughs> I love the house I'm in, but I'd, I'd rather be in a certain other house. I'll tell you which one it is. <laughs> I love my people, but there's a certain, per, certain person I want to hang out you with wanna, the most. You want, you want to bail from your own house? No, I don't. I want to bring them to my house. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Coming up, who won between Tyson Williams' TD at Tennessee and Dax Milne's TD grab at South Florida? Plus, Micah Simon, former BYU receiver, pushing for the NFL. But is there something else he wants to do after football is all said and done? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The BYU TV app is the place to watch recent and some old BYU sports games like BYU versus Liberty, in which our next guest not only led the team in receiving, but threw a touchdown pass as well. Get your BOD fix on the BYU TV app today. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Teamed up with Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. As Jerem just referenced, it is time for our first guest of the day. He joins us via Skype on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. One of our fan favorites, Micah Simon, is live. Micah, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. How's life? It's pretty good, man. Trying to, trying to stay sane throughout the quarantine. How do you stay sane? Uh, you know, really just try to work out, you know, when you can, where you can, and then try to, you know, spend some time uh, trying to better yourself in other areas. You know, I've been trying to read a little bit more, uh, 
and still playing video games and, and checking in with my friends and, and that that side of it. But uh, yeah, that's that's about it. <laughs> I, I've been doing that too. I've been reading a little more, which is good. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not learning when I'm not reading, which, which is uh, good. So that's awesome. It's also interesting for you because you're trying to get a job after college, right? Like everyone that moves on, um, it happens to be in the NFL. And we'll talk about your numbers on your self-pro day here in a second. But how is that preparation going, even though it's kind of a little weird right now? Yeah, uh, preparation is definitely unusual. Um, it's definitely a difficult time, kind of for for everything, with with pro days being canceled and visits being canceled, um, private workouts with teams being canceled. So you kind of lose out on on some of that extra opportunity and exposure to to help yourself and better yourself. Um, you know, before the draft and and the way teams look at you. But you know, we're just taking it day by day and and just controlling what controlling what I could control and and just uh, go from there. Micah, you look very astute. Are you joining us from the Simon Library currently? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm actually I'm actually in Provo. I'm staying staying at a friend's house. Um so we'll call this the I don't know what we'll call it. Never mind. But. <laughs> Simon's Simon's uh, library or something. I'm in, yeah. the, I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the kitchen at the at the dining table. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, as Jerem talked about, you had some really impressive numbers uh, that would have been taking place during your pro day, but given the weird situation, you just had to go out and do it yourself. Which of the individual drills that you participated in stood out the most to you? Um, I. I really think it was uh, my pro agility shuttle, the five ten five drill. Um, you know, I, I always knew that I was going to run a pretty fast time in the forty, but I wanted to show that I was able to move laterally and change directions at at a quick, quick pace, quick speed. And the three nine that I ran there was was a, was a great time for me. Would have been um, number one for the receivers at the combine. So. Very, very proud of that for myself. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, your forty was four three five. That would have been second among receivers, which is incredible. Uh, three cones, six six seven, would have been second. That's that's awesome. You're not only fast, but you're quick. Um, do you, do you feel like you'll get an opportunity to showcase this at the next level? Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I feel like I've I put myself in a good position to to have a chance and to be able to show my show my talents um you know at the, at the next level i have a great team behind me that's that's working hard my agents at a uh, pillar sports management and uh, they've been doing an awesome job so far handling everything with with class and and just keeping me you know level-headed and and prepared for for anything that can happen so you know much love to those guys You've watched a few of your former teammates do this pro day thing and prepare and, and go on this journey to get in the NFL, including your former roommate, Fred Warner. So what kind of advice and instruction has he given to you as you go through this situation? Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to him a lot about this and, and even him at some, some points of it, he's said that, you know, this is just a crazy time and, and it's very unusual to, for the situation that we're in. But he was saying, just control what you can control. And you're, he kept telling me that I'm not the only one that's, that's in this situation. You know, everybody is. So it's not like it's an unfair advantage for me or other guys are getting a better, better opportunity for it. So, you know, we're just taking it day by day and, and just controlling what I can control and, and living in the moment and just, you know, loving, loving this time. You know, this is, 
this is this is a great you know opportunity for me you know even if like things don't work out you know i i can say that i tried and, and got this far and, and was able to go through this process yeah, you're you're going to get a look with those numbers. That's the exciting part. I thought you should have before, <laughs> but once you put these out, it was like, oh wow, Micah's going to get in a camp somewhere for sure, which is going to be awesome. Let's talk about uh, something that came out a couple weeks ago: the college football drop rate. Uh, you finished, uh, I think, what tied for tenth uh, at one point seven percent. So, would you have only one or two drops all year? Yeah, I think it came out that I had one drop on uh, fifty. Three catchable targets. It was some, something like that. Mm. Do you so, remember the drop? I'm pretty sure it was the one against uh, Boise State on the sideline. And kind of just slipped out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had one whole was, drop. Oh, my gosh. How Did, you know did somebody I, threaten you that if you dropped the ball, you were going to be in big trouble? <laughs> Is that what the key to this all was? Yeah, myself. <laughs> I <threatened> myself. <laughs> Um, Matt Bushman had zero drops. Did it, what? It, he's he's one of the best in the country. He he got you, I guess, by one one drop. He got me by one. Yeah. So I remember in fall camp we were having these discussions as as an offense, and and uh, I think somebody asked him what his nickname was, and and he said it was Honey Hands. <laughs> And we, and we were just like, what? And we don't know if he came up with that or, or if, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe his wife gave it to Emily, him. Yeah. I don't know, his, yeah. his dad or his dad or mom. But, you know, it's, it's true. They're, they're sticky. He, he doesn't drop things. <laughs> how, did we, not, how did we miss this until now? Well, well we have a whole year to uh, <laughs> still indulge. Did, did your hands have a nickname? No, nah, my hands didn't have a nickname, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, we'll work on that. Uh, or fortunately, let's be honest. <laughs> Micah Simon <laughs> on BYU Sports Station as he prepares for an unknown uh, football future. Micah, obviously you want to play professionally and, and you want that to last a while, but what do you want to do once football ends? Yeah, um, you know, I, I feel like I – well, I definitely want to get my master's um, first. Uh I want to do communications, actually. And then with, with that, um, you know, I feel like it would be a great opportunity for me to, to become a graduate assistant and, and you know, kind of get that feel of the coaching world also, if that's something that I would want to do. You know, uh, Kalani and Fessy and a lot, a lot of other coaches and people tell me I would be a great coach. So maybe that would be something that I can just – kind of get my foot in the door and, and kind of see if that's something I would really love to do, you know, a couple of years trying to get my master's, but also doing that. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And uh, communications is fun as well. Uh, well. We'll offer whatever we can in that regard, uh, which is cool. Let's hey, talk. That'd be great. Let's talk about um, a, a couple of things from your senior year here. So you, you, you went from switching positions to not thrown to a ton but you go 51 catches, 616 yards, and then you have two receiving touchdowns. I want to point out that you had five total touchdowns. People forget. Two rushing and a passing touchdown as well. How would you feel about your senior year? I felt pretty good about it, um, you know, especially the, the way I kind of bounced back from my junior season. Uh, I mean, uh, I wasn't happy at all about my junior year, did not play well, and, and was able to, you know, just put my head down and grind and, and bounce back and have a, have a productive senior year, um, somebody that people could count on out there on the field. 
And you know, that's that's kind of what this game is all about. It's just you know, being able to go out there and and trust everybody that's around you. So, was super happy with with uh, you know, my individual you know part of of the, of the my senior year. But you know, obviously, I mean, you guys know I'm a winner and and I'm super competitive and you know, wish you know I could go back and 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 do more to, to help us win a couple other games. So. Yeah, that was very evident when you made the catch in the Rocky Top Revival at Tennessee, which, by the way, we're doing our BYU Sports Nation best play bracket. That takes on TJ Haas, game winner for basketball against Houston in the final four of our bracket tomorrow. So congratulations, Micah. Moving on, man. Man, that TJ shot, man, I don't know. I might... (laughs) He might he might get me on this next round. <laughs> <laughs> Walk us back to that play, and and we've been watching uh, you know some clips from the season. We just need football in our lives, uh, even though it's April. When Zach Wilson releases the ball at Tennessee, um, it's third down and eight, I think. There's 17 seconds left, and he throws the ball to you for 64 yards, and it sets up the field goal to get into OT. Walk us through just the unbelievable. Uh, nature of that play for you to get open and save the game. Yeah, it's it's you know I still talk about it now. Uh, just a crazy a crazy few plays. Um, I think the on first down I had ran a deep post and had like you know a safety in a corner on me. Second down I ran another deep uh, deep go route and the the secondary was super. Back. I'm not sure what happened. We're we're up. Not sure if they thought we were just going to throw a shorter pass and they wanted to tackle us or whatnot. But yeah, I was able to just kind of get behind the corner. Um, He had he had bad eyes looking in the backfield too much. And and yeah, Zach Zach saw me and was able to catch it and and have to you know had to make a move on the on that guy. And then everybody else was already swarming to me. Micah. Uh, uh, and the guy had a pretty good angle on and, and could outrun him. It, it's an unforgettable moment, man, and uh, so we love to relive it. We appreciate talking with you and are stoked for you as you uh, pursue your professional football career, man. Let's talk again soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, appreciate you guys, man. Thank you. You got it. Micah Simon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. It's one of the greatest plays in BYU history. I mean, I, I'd put it in the top 50. I don't know where. I'd have to kind of think about it a lot harder there. But we need to reassess it because we did it like six years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was your first thing on BYU TV. Uh-huh. Yeah, we threw you in there, and you did great. We decided <laughs> to keep you, I guess. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Okay, coming up, Deep Blue with Yoli Childs. And is it uh, another Dax Milne upset in the best play bracket? Did he take down Jason's beloved Tyson Williams special, Tennessee? Jason. This is BYU Sports Nation. Jason. The BYUSN Best Play Bracket is presented by doTERRA. Friday, we have a women's volleyball doubleheader for you, starting with the BYU Sports Nation special play-by-replay of the 2018 women's volleyball win versus number one Stanford. That will be followed by the worldwide premiere of the documentary, We Want More. Whoa. Covering the 2018 women's volleyball season where they went to the Final Four. I'm looking forward to this on Friday. John Howe production. He did uh, the 2011. It was by Canadian. 
BYU basketball yeah. season documentary. Yeah, with the great Jimmer. So uh, looking forward to that for sure. You mentioned Final Four. Let's keep the conversation in bracket madness mode with our BYUSN best play bracket as we push to our own Final Four presented by doTERRA. If you're new to the program, we matched up the bait, the eight rather best plays from BYU football last season and the eight top plays from the BYU basketball season to isolate and ultimately congratulate the best play of the athletic year. There were 16 plays. We're getting it down to one. We're, uh, we're close to just the final four here. Go to vote.boitv.org. Uh, the polls close at 11 a.m. Eastern time each day. Following a late push this morning, push being the operative word, <laughs> and in another very close vote, Tyson Williams, double overtime touchdown walk-off winner after an amazing offensive line push at Tennessee, moves on to the Final Four, receiving 54% of the vote, holding off Dax Milne's USF one-handed touchdown grab, which got 46% of the vote. The eight-seed Cinderella run for Dax Milne comes to an end. They thought they were the, what, 99 Knicks or whatever that went to the finals and lost. Uh, yeah, Tyson Williams. The real MVP is the refs who didn't blow the whistle. They just let it keep going because they were pushing forward. Okay, we now have three of the final four teams, by the way. So Micah Simon, 64-yard catch at Tennessee, which we were just talking about with him, will face T.J. Haas, game winner versus Houston. Wow. That, it's, it's down to the final four, though. What it's a like matchup. legit, right? And uh, yesterday's winner, Tyson Williams, will play the winner of today's matchup, which is the following. September 14th, BYU and USC, Diane Gonwaluku's game-sealing interception in overtime. Takes a chest high snap. He will throw quickly. Batted up and intercepted. Did they get it? If they got it, it's over. It's over. The Cougars picked it off. Yes, they did. Oh. And uh, had to review and then recelebrate. It was a great, great day. Yeah, celebrate it twice. Why not? <laughs> Utah's like, one more time. What are you guys doing? Dying and the USC walk off matched up against. Yet another T.J. Haas play, his alley-oop in crunch time to Yoli Childs, ultimately winning the game at San Diego. T.J. runs it, lobs it to Yoli. Oh, and the hammer! The alley-oop throwdown! And a timeout. With 11 they seconds. Timeout. timeout taken. So BYU goes up 72-71. to 71. How clutch is T.J. Haas? That clutch. It's ridiculous. When he releases the ball, he's behind the three-point line. And Yoli Childs catches that thing and throws it down. BYU wins. BYU had to make a great defensive play to win. BYU didn't lose uh, you know, any, any games besides San Francisco. That was the one loss to a non-St. Zaga. That was big time. So go to vote.buatv.org uh, right now and uh, weigh in. This will be up until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Right now, it's early. It's been uh, an hour and a half. Diane Gonwoliku's interception up 66-34 uh, uh, on the alley hoop, the- as my South African roommates used to call it. Number two football Ollie seed hoop. matched up against a number three basketball seed. 66% to 34% vote.byutv.org. John Davis, you're out there. I know you're watching. Ali Hoop. Ali Hoop. Coming up, our BYU Sports Quarantine Houses. Which athletes and personalities do you want to hang out with? Plus, if you missed it the first go around, you don't want to miss it this time. Yoli Child's deep blue feature. Truly, his mother knows best. What a family. This is BYU Sports Nation. Mother knows best. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. You can Google or Bing uh, BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I don't even know. Do it. I don't even know other options besides Google now. I'm just, I'm just a Google guy. Do it. (laughs) Thank you, Shia LaBeouf. 
Do you remember when uh, Shia LaBeouf was going around like the Midwest or whatever, and these BYU students were trying to find him? That, there's an article in the in the universe this. about these BYU students who are trying to meet up with Shia LaBeouf, and they did, <laughs> they and they it. said he was awesome. They made it happen. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, also awesome, from extremely difficult and challenging times to consistent hard work on the court, Yoli Childs has shown us what an incredible individual he is, and uh, that comes from surrounding himself with greatness in his family. Here is Deep Blue featuring Yoli Childs, presented by Tim Dolly Nissan. Okay, go for it. Yoli, take 47. <laughs> you know how they always do that? Yeah. yeah. That was pretty good. Nice steal by Childs. How about that five-point surge? Childs for three. Got it. Yoli for three. Got another one. And BYU's back in the lead. I did have hard times growing up where uh, we moved around a lot. You know, I didn't necessarily know where we were going to move next, where we were going to live. I remember times where we'd be having dinner and uh, I'd notice my mom wouldn't be eating anything. And I'd be like, you hungry? Are you going to eat? And it was always, no, I'm, I'm not hungry right now. I'm not hungry tonight. And looking back, it's because, you know, there's times where we could afford food for me and my brother. And my mom wanted to take care of us first. She is an extraordinary woman that has taught him strength and compassion and loyalty, uh, all these extraordinary qualities he has. Being a single parent, there's a lot on your plate. There was a time we were at the elementary school and we were playing basketball and I was just feeling really overwhelmed with everything that I had on my plate to the point I just didn't want to play anymore. And I went over and sat down against the, the brick wall. I think I just broke down and just you know, just kind of started crying. And Yoli noticed, and he stopped what he was doing and, and walked over and flopped down on the ground next to me and held my hand, and he was like, don't worry, Mom, everything's going to be okay. I mean, I just needed him at that moment, and I think him just noticing and coming over and being that gentle, sweet kid that he that he is made me be able to, like, carry on and say, you know what, you're right quit feeling sorry for myself and let's just figure it out. She's my hero. Her ability to sacrifice and care for two people so deeply just really impacted my life and showed me the way that you should live and the way you should care for others. And like I said, there are times when things were really tough, where money was tight, where I didn't know what was going to happen next. And at the end of the day, none of that stuff mattered because there was the three of us. We were happy, and we had fun together, and we made it work. Basketball's always been my life. Actually, my first word was ball. So ball is life for me. It literally is. From a young age, I just knew it's what I wanted to do. I remember being in first, second grade, and the teacher would have you write down, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? What's going to be your career? And I would always write NBA All-Star. And they would always tell you, you know, the classic, you know, pick something realistic, and I'll just look at him as a seven, eight-year-old kid and be like, no, that's what I'm going to do. Well, what I remember most about Yo early is how raw his emotions were. He was so passionate about winning, so passionate about uh, being good. He's a pretty excitable guy. His passion and his competitiveness, you know, at times will drive him 
to uh, launch a ball 25 feet in the air. He hasn't kicked one this year, but, you know, he's got a lot of passion for this game and really loves to be able to compete, you know, every single day. The way that he is as a player is not even close to how good he is as a person. When we met when he was 16, he wasn't that good at basketball. Like, I didn't even know who he was. Like, he wasn't Yoli Childs when we first started dating. Yoli Childs has this intrinsically felt faith that is absolutely contagious. Things go great, it's because for him and in his life, the way he reads is because he's supposed to build on it. Things go wrong, there's always a reason. He believes, and he, I've seen it happen over and over again, when something goes wrong, he's like, hey, there is something I'm supposed to learn for this and some way I'm gonna grow. He is a growth mindset guy that has exceeded anybody's expectations already in his career, and he's about to show us even more things we can't believe. He's just so different from anyone that I've ever known, and just the way he presents himself and carries himself and, like, the way he lives and the things that he does is just so different. So he's just, I don't know, one of a kind. I don't know. She's my rock, you know. Uh, she's everything to me, and uh, just being with her calms me. She's kind of a balance in my life, and people really close to me will say the same thing, that uh, she just balances me really well. And no matter what I'm going through, like, she's my person, and she's the person that I need. When I had this stupid finger injury, I was super freaked out. I was looking at my bone, and I was, I think I was in shock or something. I was in the training room, and one of my teammates was in there with me, and he's like, what do you need? Like, can I help you? Can I do anything? Five times in a row, I was like, get my phone. I need my wife. I think that just kind of speaks to, to what she does for me. She makes me realize that no matter what, everything's going to be okay. My life's going to crap. If basketball's going to crap, you know, no matter what's going on, uh, if everything else sucks, as long as me and her are good, like, I'm good. Life's great. Being his number one person is just because he's my number one person. Just being with him and getting to be around him and learn from him has honestly taught me a lot of how to be a better person and to just be there to support him and just love him unconditionally. I've had to make a lot of different decisions in my life. There have been big ones of what do I want to do with my life? Where am I going to go to college? Am I going to go be a pro or am I going to come back to college? Am I ready to get married? You know, there's big decisions like that, but I think the things that we don't focus on a lot are the big decisions that are day-to-day. -day. Am I going to treat people right today? Am I going to hold the door open for someone today? Am I going to take the time to tell my wife I love her today and make her feel cherished and beautiful? You can't just let every day go by idly and uh, end up making good decisions on big decisions. I think it's about the little things that you do every single day. Yoli Childs, Deep Blue. If you didn't love him already, then you probably love him even more now. He, he's just a... Uh, I have a platonic deep love A unique, Childs, outstanding individual and his maturity. Gosh, man, he just, he's cream of the crop. He's an outstanding human being. He was pretty good at the basketball as well. Uh, sixth all-time in points at BYU. I don't know if you knew that, but BYU's been pretty good at basketball for a while. Uh, sixth is unbelievable. The all-time leading rebounder, he passed Kyle Collinsworth. Uh, against San Diego, I believe. Ninth all-time in points per game, sixth in no boards, fifth in blocks, among others. We could talk about his stats all day. Good thing he came back, right? Last May, he ha held a press conference. He said it wanted, he wanted it to be a special season. Man, was he right. It was so special. A special dude, a special group, a team that we've talked about we're going to remember for a long time. Yeah. That was such a fun basketball season. 
like way better than what we could have expected. BYU finishes on this amazing high, you know, at home. Unfortunately, loses to St. Mary's, but we're not going to remember that part of it. We're going to remember the court storm and uh, Houston and Maui and these guys and Zach Selyus's mustache and hair and Jake Toulson and TJ. It was just an unbelievable season. And uh, the core of that, the heartbeat of that, to me, in the locker room, was Yoli Childs. Yeah. When he came back, oh. then it became, okay, this could be something really, really special. Yoli Childs had multiple offers, and we're talking about uh, some significant sums of money from teams in Asia and Europe. And we wondered, okay, he's coming back. How much can he improve his draft stock? He has helped himself considerably in that regard. Like I, I think Yoli Childs has way better of a shot of getting into the NBA and pursuing his you know, top goal now by coming back to BYU and having done what he did. Thought it was, it just, it's just I'm great. glad he came back. Me too. Me too. Coming up, BYUSN Junior exists. The video that has us updating our LinkedIn. <laughs> and which BYU sports quarantine house would you choose to stay in? You have six options. So we're going to go over all of them. The loaded discussion in just a few minutes. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation continues live from Studio B, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. It's time for a quarantine edition of Would You Rather, brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. We have organized six different houses with five individuals in each house. We saw this. ESPN did it. A few other uh, major sports production companies have been doing things like this. Case sampling, yes. And we have made a BYU sports version of six houses. Which would you quarantine with? House one includes yours truly, Jerem, Zach Wilson, McKenna Miller, Zach Selyus, his mustache, and Peter Quest, the future PGA star. I like my house because I feel like my golf game would get better, and I could take some beauty tips from Zach Selyus, not to mention be entertained by McKenna Miller. Oh, McKenna's great. Super hilarious. That'd be fun. Okay, house two. Uh, I'm there. Yoli Childs is there. Oh, we're going to have so much fun. This will be great. Elise Flake, baller from women's soccer, Devontae Henry Cole. I don't know him. I'd love to. uh, Get to know him. But he isn't into making friends, apparently, on Twitter, (laughs) right? Remember? Uh, And then Riley Jensen McFarlane. Um, She grew up on a farm. She's got, like, you know, a great work ethic, great skills. Uh, Numchuck skills among them. <laughs> That's house two. I'm stoked. This is a great house. On to house three. Jason Shepard and Brackenell Bakery. That alone, <laughs> that alone, Woo! that matchup right there alone should make you like house three. Mary Lake also. Nothing hits the floor. Very humorous. <laughs> Jaron Hall and Davide Gardini. Ooh, you need, I like you it. Need some international flavor in yeah. there. House four. Greg Rubel, Matt Bushman, Mark Pope, Shaley Gonzalez, Alex Barcelo. This is a loaded this house. This is the best house, I'm telling you right a now. Loaded house. Because of Mark Pope's personality and Shaley Gonzalez's TikTok game and social media. I mean, those two 
will be awesome, not to mention the amazing Alex Barcelo, of course, Greg Rubel, our guy, and Matt Bushman, a.k.a. Honey Hands. Can you imagine Shaley Gonzalez <laughs> with that social media following? Oh, man. And Mark and Pope Mark together? Pope? Oh, my goodness. The world might explode. Okay, House 5. Blaine Fowler has a good crew because he's got stories for days. All of these people will listen to him. Yes. TJ Haas, Paisley <laughs> Johnson, Kairos Tonga, and Lopini Katoa. Interesting. I like it. <laughs> Paisley kills it on social, too. Yes, she does. She's got a great following. And House 6, last but not least, Kiki Solano, Gabby Garcia Fernandez. He's just he's just peppering everyone. He's he's chucking everything everywhere. Yeah, good luck. Jake Toulson, so a great shooter. Kalani Satake. He can sing. He's got the karaoke machine. And Michaela Coulihan. I mean, that's a good one too. These are all amazing, amazing houses, right? BYU if, if, karaoke right now. Like with what, Kiki Solano and Kalani Satake. You have to see you to see the thing. Uh yeah, house four is the one that, you know, if I was picking outside of my own house, which yeah. I like, I like my peeps. I do love house four. House four I, is pretty fun. House, house three is the, uh, is the sleeper for me. You know, Bracken L. Bakri. Sleeper in what Jason way? What Shepherd, you, what Davide Gardini. Oh, there's some big personalities. Da, listen, Davide can Mary cook. Lake, yeah. Davide can cook. Italian? Huh? That's awesome. And Jaron's dual sport athlete. You, you can talk to versatility with there. That guy. Yes. Also, he's pretty buttoned up, right? He's going to get crap done. If it needs to get done around the house. Super fun. All right, our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. From at BYU, their main Twitter account, they say we choose house one and two, also three, and, of course, house four, five, and six. That's our choice, and we're sticking to it. Our combined rise and shout-out, Ashley Murback from Las Vegas and her sons are doing their own version of the show. It's BYUSN Junior. It's amazing. Welcome to BYU Station. Hi, welcome to BYU Sports Station. We are your hosts. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We have a loaded show today, but first, let's go to our headlines. First guest on the show, NCAA 2020 National Champion Guard, Jake Toulson. Hey, Jake, what's with the outfit today? Yeah, what's with the poncho? We ran in the BYU, baby! Next up on the show, we have BYU basketball coach, Mark Pope. How do you feel about this season? Um, it was really good. The boys are just so relentless, and they were best friends in the locker room. It was an amazing season. Very relentless team. Thank you for your coaching. Thank you. It was Both. great. On the show, we have Baylor Romney. What's up, guys? How are you doing? Good. Good. This is the end of our show. Shout out to the real Spencer Lynn and Jerem Jordan. And sorry, Dennis Pinnett, for no time. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. <laughs> That's I don't know so stand good. up and clap. I want to stand up That's and clap. That's so good. Stand up and clap. Yeah. Nice well job, guys. Done. You guys are well awesome. Well done. You guys are awesome. Man. Our thanks to today's guest, Micah Simon. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. No time. You heard it from the Murbacks. <laughs> Conversation <laughs> continues on the social medias. That's oh, hilarious. <laughs> For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Casey Tiamalu. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. <laughs>